Hello, everybody, and welcome to Begging Broadcast, episode number 299. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week and Geek, bring you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out April 27th, 2016. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, it's time for our annual summer movie blockbuster, Bracket Buster. Uh, guys. Uh, we didn't come up with a name for it this time. Oh, yeah, we did. It's uh, Enter the Son of the Bracket, The Return. And uh, you guys, I Are you gonna I remember that. No, <laughs> I'm gonna forget that just as soon as I say it. You know why? Because with these brackets, I always need help. You know why? Because I am horrible at picking good movies. We have somebody that has been good at picking movies on the show with us today, though. Uh, yeah, and that is uh, our super friend, super friend of the show, Jonathan Winchester. What's up? Welcome back. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, Jonathan, you you listen to the show, so you know what we do to start off us each and every day. Uh, Weekdays, holidays, Memorial Days, any day of the week. That is drink of good beer. Or a bad beer. (laughs) Doesn't really matter. Uh, Right now, John and I are drinking uh, from Long Trail Brewery, the Smash Project, single malt, uh, single hop. Um, I guess this is classified as a... An IP or a pale ale, right? I think it would be a pale ale because it's just single one malt, one hop. This is a single malt Maris Otter and the single hop of the Mosaic, and this is uh, the Smash Project. It's just I, I picked up a couple of these every time I see a new one hit the shelf. I pick one up because I want to learn the different flavor notes of each hop. Yeah, really. So, uh, and what, I think what what changes it is the fact that they changed the malt too. Mm-hmm. If they kept the same malt and then did different. Hops, then you'd really figure out what that characteristic is. Right, right. Um, but it is kind of fun, and this is nice. I'm almost done with it. I had to stop myself from finishing it. This is 6.8, so it's a higher oh. higher uh, IPA. But what I like about it, too, is on the uh, little side here, it gives you a description of the hop and also of the malt. Like Marisarada is a classic English malt with distinct nutty and biscuit notes. And I'm wondering if they mean English biscuit or if they mean, like, English biscuit, which is a cookie. Mm. And the mosaic hop is a uh, tropical fruit, citrus, pine, and herbal characteristics. So I think I might like more mosaics. I wish mosaics I mosaics are good. Mosaics give you that bit um, of like the mangoey kind of flavor. Oh, cool! I wish. I hope somebody else on the show is drinking something with my, my uh, mosaic hops. That's how I segue. We're, we're throwing that over to you, Jonathan. Oh, I was thinking that was me, but I wasn't sure. Oh, right. no, I don't. I don't have anything today. I, I dropped the ball and overslept. So you missed it, you mate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm drinking a Mosaic IPA by Community Beer Company, out of Dallas, Texas. Oh, cool. The Lone Star State. Easy. Uh, so does it give you that mangoey kind of hop flavor that John was mentioning from a Mosaic ale or a Mosaic hop? Uh, it's a little fruity, but uh, I don't really pick up on anything mango. Mm. Y'all have actually had this. It's uh, one that I sent to y'all. I was oh. just going to say, have we had that? Yeah, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's uh, 8.6, so Whoa. can't be too bad. That is more than hair of the dog. That's the whole damn dog. Yeah, I'll be <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, we like this one a lot. We g- I gave it four stars. Hey. Know what else we like a lot? Chris? The news. 
right? Yes. I guess, yeah. I guess right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was saying it has to be because that's what we always do at the start of every show. <clears throat> Uh, and something that we tend to really like is Doctor Who, and just announced that the Doctor's getting a new companion come season 10. Yeah. She's a very questioning... Uh, they had a two-minute clip that they posted online of her running with the Doctor, Peter Capaldi Doctor, still the same, uh, for this 10th season of the new series. This is Peter... Er, this is... Oh, the showrunner... Stephen um, Moffat. Stephen Moffat's last season, and he's handing it off to his co-showrunner over from Broad Street. And they're bringing in a new companion, and uh, she she likes to ask a lot of questions mm. while being shot by lasers. Yeah, I, I need to catch up on Doctor Who because I haven't seen anything since Capaldi took over. So mm-hmm. I couldn't finish Capaldi's first season. Yeah, there just was nothing there to keep me going. Well, you were still when Clara took over too. You were like, this is hitting a little bit of a rough patch. I didn't mind Clara with Smith. Smith. Um, but the start of this, it just was, it's one of those things like, I don't want to go with you anymore, doctor. Okay. I'm going to call the doctor. Hey, let's go somewhere. And it just kept like this relationship just going back and forth and I didn't care. Mm -hmm. And Capaldi for that first season didn't know who he was. He just was a grump. Mm -hmm. And like, if he was just a grump and knew that, Hey, I'm a grump. Yeah. That would be fine. What kind of man am I, Clara? You're a man with bushy eyebrows. What kind of man am I? Yeah, it, it got a little annoying. Yeah. Kate doesn't watch it after the ponds, so it's like really hard to watch it because she's like, "Is it this one with the ponds?" No. Then uh, she's like, "I don't. Care. Let's watch something else then." I'm like, but I'm in the middle. Let's watch the Donna ones because those are good. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. So getting pushed away off my uh, scheduling watch. My and something, something else that's getting pushed away is Marvel's Inhumans movie, which has been pushed off of Disney's release schedule. Um, they're saying it hasn't been canceled, and it's just getting harder and harder to find the time for it with Marvel now working with Sony on Spider-Man. And now also the uh, also released or announced Indiana Jones 5. Mm. So, I, I like to think... Oh, go ahead. So they're they're blaming it on those two things, and not the fact that maybe it's just really hard to build an Inhumans movie when they've already been introduced over at uh, the TV side of thing with Agents of Shield. I like to think that they're just blaming. So they're like, oh yeah, we'll just help out Sony with you know their Spider-Man movie. You know, maybe we'll do a quick rewrite or something. You know, add a character in here or there, and that'll be fine. It'll be real simple. Okay, let's talk about any. What's that, Sony? What? No, you can't do that to Peter Parker. Here, let us write it for you. You know, like that kind of... I think the deal all along was Marvel's totally taking it over, and it's just got, like, Sony's little banner on it. Because then they were like, Sony's like, yeah, now we're going to do this, and Marvel's is like, let's slow down. Let's Uh not worry about a Venom movie just Mm -hmm. yet. Let's let's take things a little slow. Um, Yeah, so... You got to learn how to walk before you can learn how to swing. I'm okay... With Inhumans getting mm-hmm. kind of pushed maybe to a back burner. Because I think doing that and then trying to tie Inhumans into everything else is going to be difficult. Especially with your main character not speaking. Mm-hmm. And I figured with what they were doing with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you'd be able to maybe tie in some of those characters to get people aware of them. And then be able to bring them into the bigger picture with the movie. 
Right. But I don't I don't see that happening. I feel like again, I don't see why you the inhumans hardly cross hardly crossed over in the Marvel like universe and comics, like for the longest time. Like they might show up in a Fantastic Four issue here or there, but that was it. And then all of a sudden, uh like after Civil the comic Civil War, they were like popping up and everything. And then after I think also at that time that's when we got more that Brian Michael Bendis hearkening back to the seventies mm-hmm. kind of feeling. And it kind of fit in more with like those characters that they were bringing back and then dwelling a little bit more on the cosmic side of things since they were heading into stuff like Secret Invasion. Right, right. Oh, with the scrolls, yeah. But again, I don't understand. I, I, I like that Marvel's trying to figure out how to cross pollinate all these characters and everything. But then again, when you expand the universe so much, the, you know, having all these cross connections doesn't make your universe feel bigger. It makes it feel sm- really, you know, the small. You know, so expand the universe and have corners of it. Well, also, I think it, we do already have the stars. That, I mean, we mm-hmm. do have our Avengers. We have our Guardians of the Galaxy. I think Inhumans would be like another branch of that. Yeah, kind of, kind of dwelling in between almost. And we don't know what's going to be coming up with what like Phase Four that they're going to be heading into now. Wait, are we in three, Phase Three or? Because we're in Phase Three right now. Phase Three started off with Ant Man. Yeah, we're towards the end of. Phase. Oh, I thought Ant Man closed out Phase Two. Okay, I'm very confused. Where's that spreadsheet again? Paul loves his spreadsheets, but you don't know what characters we're going to have left after mm-hmm. everything now. Yeah, you know, we don't know what kind of deals are happening, in, like backstage. <clears throat> Excuse me, my voice is kicking out on me. Um, so yeah, we're getting bigger and bigger. We're having more and more characters added, but we're also probably going to be losing some people too. Right. And and I, also the. In the recent years, the Inhumans and the Terragon gas or whatever—that's uh, well, that Terragon's a spice. Yeah, t- Terragon. <laughs> Terragon mist. It could, it could, it could be a Terragon gas. You know, mm-hmm. oh. mm, I love it. It's they, great in curry. It's they have a very progressive kitchen up on a <laughs> New Adelaide. Um, but they're, um, you know, they're the reasons why we have like the quote-unquote mutants now. Mm-hmm. That's where people are getting their superheroes. So I think that's one of the reasons why they wanted to fold that in right. is to give their kind of X-Men or yeah. whatever kind of franchise going. And I just think it just doesn't tie in. It just doesn't fit right now in everything else that they are conceiving for their movie universe. Talking about X-Men and the X-Men movie universe, have you guys seen all the new trailers for uh, the X-Men Apocalypse I don't. I, I keep on trying to convince myself it's not going to be any good, but then it kind of looks good. So I don't know. I might be uh, Days of Future Pasting it here and like thinking, oh, this is going to be great. And then when I watch the movie, I'm like, uh, it was good for an X Men movie, but not great. I don't know. I like. I didn't mind Future's Past. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I I I don't even think I'm going to see in the theater. I care very little about it. I feel like this one I'll probably see. Just because it's got Psylocke and Nightcrawler in it again. How about you, Jonathan? Yeah, I'll probably see in the theaters. Uh, Mun sold me, and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Nightcrawler. I'm always a fan of. So yeah, I'll probably see it. I hardly see anything in the theater, so it's not going to be a surprise that I don't see it in the theater. And Kate really didn't like. Uh, the a Days of Future Past. We watched it on HBO Go, and it was like she was just like, "Oh, it's boring." Yeah, she's like, "What? Why? They're X Men. Why aren't they doing something? <laughs> like they're on a plane again." 
They're like they're like just traveling the world, just hanging out, being mad at each other. It's a decent movie <laughs> if you know the characters uh-huh. and you know the movie storyline. But uh-huh. if you're just someone going in, I, I think you would find it boring, like your yeah. wife did. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, that's the thing. If you know the if you know the story, you're already invested in it. But if you don't, it's kind of hard to get into. Kate watched. You know, she grew up with a younger brother. And so she watched the X-Men cartoons, so it's not like she was completely unaware of everything. Yeah, but that was 20 years ago. Yeah. But I also own the first season of that X-Men show on DVD, it, and I make her watch it every <laughs> once in a while. I, I, you know, sometimes on a Saturday morning, I like to have a Saturday morning cartoon, like like get some cereal and just sit down, throw some Batman the Animated Series in, throw the X-Men in there. And watch, like, four episodes, you know? That's a good two hours of just waking up, sipping on coffee, eating some Cocoa Puffs. That's that's a wholesome American thing right there, you know? Recapturing my childhood just a little bit. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Granted, I we only watch, like, a certain episodes over and over again because those are the best ones. <laughs> the, ju- the Jubilee one. That's yeah. the first one, right? The that's... first one, Attack Night of the Sentinel. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. That's all you need. And you have more. <laughs> was actually pretty good too <laughs> when he comes back yeah it's creepy as all heck it looks like he didn't sleep at all it was a good morph laugh by the way jonathan <laughs> uh did, did we have any other new stuff i don't remember i don't know you guys are the ones that had stuff uh the eisner awards for hey. 2016 are out um i don't have them in front of me to say anything but they're out you can look at them um see what books you feel are uh Worthy of winning? Mm. A lot of. No, st- I, I I need to treat the Eisners more like some people treat the Oscars, where the books that are announced, people go out and, well, I guess the movies that get nominated, people go and see. Like I should do that with Eisners because I like comic books. Why don't I? I had the same thought this year when I was looking at them because a lot of the books are ones that I hadn't heard of or haven't read, and I was like, well, I should probably read these if people are saying these are some of the best. Mm-hmm. We should definitely check them out. Maybe that's what we should work our trade and policies off of. Oh, okay. Yeah. That'd be kind of smart for us. Hey, record number of nominations for women this year. Wow. Here, complete list of 2016 nominees. I got it right here. But that is a long list. Yeah, don't. There's a bunch of different ones. Uh, So, yeah. yeah. We we got movies to discuss. Yeah, we got got a lot of time we're going to spend on movies. Oh, God. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, oh gosh, like he's rubbing his head like, oh, what have I got myself into? Yeah. Uh, we've been doing it for almost seven years. I know, Paul. I need a drink. That's all. That's all. I just need a drink. Oh, come on. We were, okay. I'm like, oh, we read a lot of, the, and then I'm like, oh, no, we haven't read a lot of these. Yeah, we never, we never do. We used to read more of them, but now, not so much. And uh, Paul and I are doing a lot of day drinking over here, because we are drinking another can from uh, the Smash Pod Project. This is a um, single malt pilsner with the single hop galaxy, and this is nice. Mm-hmm. It, the, I think the pilsner malt gives you that little bit of dryness mm-hmm. in the back of your tongue, but that hop is giving you a nice like fruitiness on the and tongue. And it, it dances on the tongue. It's got a nice fruity spiciness to it. You know that. You know it, it's reminiscent of a Belgian without that Belgian yeast flavor and without that. Uh, you know that just Belgian say quoi. It's, it's coin a phrase. A, like kind of that weedy, mm-hmm. uh, like a wheat ale, and then this nice pop of like bubblegummy citrus kind yeah. of flavor. Maybe that bubblegummy is where I'm getting kind of like the Belgian because that Belgian yeast has that kind of bubble, you know, 
and uh, when I poured this out, it's a really, really light color. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was like, oh, I'm probably not going to like this. And then that first sip, I was like, oh, man, this is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I took a first sip, I turned it on. I'm like, this is, this is so much different from the other one. Yeah. It's, I, I'm really uh, – I'm going to really enjoy this line. Uh, it's been out for a while from Long Trail. Right. And Long Trail is a beer company you do not mm-hmm. regularly go back to. I think the last time I liked any of their beers was a couple of years ago with that – uh, brown ale, say, a brown rye they did, okay, they yeah. did, and um, they it was only in their one crap or uh, six pack variety pack. Mm-hmm. Then they put it out uh, the next year in six packs, and it wasn't the same. It didn't oh, taste right. the same. Um, but no, I really enjoy this. I'm definitely something. Anytime I see it, I'm going to be picking this up. I'm going to remind you to check into these on Untapped so I can have the names for the show notes. Okay, sure. sounds good, John. You can you can check in. I'm on it. I never check in anymore. You don't. I'm like, they say there's a new way that you can scan the beers. Ooh, yeah, but that yeah, they, they did an uh, update on Untapped yeah. recently. Like, it's they have like a new thing where you can add beers to your favorite list, and then it'll let you know if anyone around you has that on tap. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Like, which I think is cool. Jonathan, are you drinking anything else? Um, I'm uh, alternating between water and my mosaic. <laughs> Ooh, smart, smart. Mm. A Kroger brand purified drinking water. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I will say I did have one of the bottles of KBS the other day, and John, you were right. It does need to kind of sit there a little bit longer. Yeah. Somebody has KBS on tap nearby. Uh, there's a couple places. Yeah. Tuesday they're doing a release party somewhere up towards me. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, it's still good, but it just doesn't have. What I want, and this is of course the founders' Kentucky Breakfast Stout, um, their breakfast stout that's been aged in bourbon barrels, and I, I still liked it, but I don't know if maybe now I'm just a KBS snob because we had those ones that had been aged for a year, mm-hmm. or like two years, like maybe now I just need more from it than I get from this, what it delivers. This one is definitely a, I'd say a bigger version than we're used to it's like a whole percent higher so instead of being like 11 to yeah it was like 12.4 12.4 and the coffee really Mm -hmm. comes through on this one more so than it ever has in previous years um but don't worry chris there's a slight chance that uh the best men at my wedding may be getting a gift of some kbs oh wow oh but that just means i can drink another bottle now since i'll have another one that's oh yeah to sell it so since we like the beer we like the beer after it's come out like way after where you know the hipster thing to do is to like something that's before it hits are we reverse hipsters of kbs is there a reverse hipster word or phrase? There, there may be. Awesome. I, don't, I don't know, Paul. I don't know either. But what I do know is that there's books coming out on Wednesday. I don't know what day of the week that is, other than it's a Wednesday. Uh, it would be April 27th. Oh, there it is. Two days, two days before my birthday. Hey, happy birthday, John. So two days before your birthday, what are you looking forward to picking up at the comic book store? They gave the digital online. <laughs> I am looking forward to Saga number 36. Uh, I enjoyed this series. I just recently read the last six because I've been buying them and hadn't gotten around to reading them. The one night before bed, I was like, oh, I'll read a couple of these. And I read six in a row and can't wait for this one. It's such a twisting, turning story where all the characters are right now is just 
nuts. And the Will's back, uh, out of his coma, super fat. And, uh, Will said, Whedon? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. That guy's uh, in everything. But no, this one, and this one, there's no description for the book. It just says freedom underneath it. So if that is the family finally rescuing their daughter or what, not sure. Hmm. Oh, uh, I had one other bit of news. Not that Too we, bad, we're in the list. I know. But <laughs> April 30th, talking about Will Whedon. Day after my birthday. Day after your birthday. is International Tabletop Day. Uh, oh, cool. That's the day of my bachelor party. Yep. And... Uh, Barnes & Noble, actually, is putting on a tabletop day events. So if you want to go play, uh, you know, this, the, I guess, German board games, craft board games, and you haven't before, uh, Barnes & Noble, you know, they're, they're a big chain. There's probably one near you. Uh, you can go learn how to play a new board game and play during that day. Uh, just check your local store for what they're doing. So they're, they announced that they're going to be participating in International Tabletop Day, which I think is kind of cool for a big chain. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, hopefully I know, some... like, since, like, print books are, I don't want to say they're dying, but they're becoming not so big of a thing now. Mm-hmm. It seems like Barnes & Noble really is branching out. They're carrying a lot more board games, like the collectibles. Like, if you go into uh, Barnes & Noble now, they have all those Funko Pop figures. Um, so I think this is a case of them just really trying to branch out and support their business a little bit more. But yeah. it's a way that other stores can't because like board games like you're not gonna be able to go into like toys r us and find stuff like call of cthulhu or like the arkham horror games but hey you know what they have them there mm-hmm. yeah well toys r us could because growing up growing up they had all all the board they had a whole wall like the back wall was all board games and yeah. they had you had they to walk by it to get to anything else yeah and they they sold like the weird they used to sell like a ton of magic they used to sell uh that's where we got HeroScape as a kids, you know, and stuff like that. So it wasn't like, oh, we got to be family friendly. No, there was demons and barbarians, you know. And that's where uh, we buy a lot of our games, Future Wife and I, at Barnes Noble because she gets, she's part of the rewards thing, so she <laughs> gets like a twenty off or twenty percent off coupon, and then she has a Barnes and Noble credit card where she gets like another twenty off. So we'll buy games and we'll pay like fifteen dollars, ten dollars. I think we got the um, we got uh, what, uh, the land where the people come. In Carcassonne? Uh, no. Or Settlers of Catan? No, it's the one with land. the mythology care, like the goblin. You can be a goblin. Small world? world. Small world. We got small world. Thank you, Paul. Keepers, creepers, the land, and the people come. I could not. and the twiddling of fingers, and I got there. Yeah. Jeepers. Uh, yeah. We got no, that. Honestly, it's only twenty five dollars to sign up for their club, and you get ten percent off like on anything you buy. Even if you go to their Starbucks cafe, you get the discounts over there. Oh, um, and then they mail you the coupons too for like twenty five percent off throughout the year too. But it's, we got a fifty dollar game for eleven dollars. Wow! With all our <laughs> Caitlin's crazy things, all her couponing. You know what I need a coupon for? Marvel comic books. Four ninety nine, guys. Every single issue oh. now. It's like. Almost every single issue, if it's, they're not three ninety nine, it's tough. Skin tough, but this one's like a double sized issue. I'm going to say it's a double sized issue because I'm getting two stories in it. And this is a year of Marvels, the Amazing number one, and this is a a team up book, but not really because it's more like a flip book of the Amazing Spider Man and the Amazing Ant Man. Hence why it's called the Amazing. 
and this is a series of what they're doing, uh, releasing six of them, and they're going to cover two months. So this one has uh, Spider-Man, Peter Parker, has a hot date for uh, Valentine's Day, uh, but he's getting foiled by the Vulture. So that re- reminds me a lot of uh, Spider-Man Blue. So I'm in. And uh, the second story is uh, Scott Lang is uh, is trying to steal some steal- stolen goods. So I don't know. It seems like a fun kind of uh, almost an anthology book. So you know I'm in. Yeah, this sounds this sounds kind of fun. Something I actually look forward to reading. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, did you find a book? Uh, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I usually do a... I'm a Marvel U guy. I'll pay the 10 bucks a month and just read old stuff mm-hmm. because if I haven't read it, it's new to me. <laughs> Pretty much. Cheaper. But uh, DC uh, Batgirl 51. Ooh. It's a new team with uh, Brendan Fletcher and... Carlini? <laughs> I'm so glad that you're as bad as we are. <laughs> Eleonora? Collini? Yes. Eleonora Collini. Babs Tar is still on cover art, though. Yes, Babs uh, Tar is still on cover art. Uh, it's a new team. It looks kind of good, interesting, so uh, I'll check that out. She's so sad on the cover, Jonathan. She threw out her Batgirl costume, her Burnside Batgirl costume. Right, in an old-school trash can. Yeah. <laughs> you don't see those very often. You know, underneath that is Spider-Man's costume. From when he was walking away. <laughs> same. same. He's already walked away. It, it's I, actually- I'm looking forward to a different take on Batgirl. Um, I, I love the Babstar stuff. I mean, I think we championed it a good amount over here on the show. So it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. Actually, guys, I, I have a spoiler. Uh, she's not actually sad that she's... Um, you know, she's not actually giving up Batgirl or anything. It's just that uh, Prince died. She's very upset by it. As you know, as we all know, she wears purple in honor of uh, of Prince. And the Cliff Chang. Uh, yeah, purple rain. Purple yeah. rain. Yeah, that that poster's awesome. That's what spurred on the Minnesota Wild to win that game the other night. Oh yes, probably did. <laughs> for, for all that crossover fans of hockey and Prince. <laughs> I had to throw in a Minnesota thing. There you go. What I what I like is uh, here locally, uh, Niagara Falls had it planned, you know, the Canadian side, to turn the falls purple for the Queen's birthday, her 90th birthday. And this, it just happened to be the same night that Prince died. Chris, and everybody what, are looking, was, what are you looking forward to? So everybody was <laughs> like, oh, look, the Niagara Falls even is celebrating, for, you know, is honoring Prince. And it's like... And then all the Canadians are like, "No, we're no, we're very sorry, but it's actually about uh, the the <laughs> Queen." Uh, sorry, no, I guess it could be for Prince too. That's fine if that's hey, how, he's royalty too. If, the if, Prince and the Queen, they can celebrate together. Right? If if it makes you all happier, we can just say it is. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> what voice are you I don't know. Doing? Paul's Canadian accent's terrible. We know this. We know it. <laughs> but Josh, answer your question. We're uh, <laughs> French Canadian. Yeah. Sorry? <laughs> oh, my computer just went to sleep. There it goes. Uh, my book is actually Darkwing Duck number one, and this is written by Aaron Sparrow with art by James Silvani. This is a kind of requel to the original Darkwing Duck book that we had from Boom Studios come out a couple years ago. This is actually coming out from a smaller company known as Joe's Books. I don't know what the delineation is between some of these characters and what we get coming out from over at Marvel. In or, this... Uh, 
this isn't the same writer from that previous series. Nope, it is. Uh, this oh, is actually okay. Yep, one of the writers that worked over there with uh, James Silvani and Tad Stone, the guy who actually mm-hmm. created Darkwing Duck. But yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to more DW. He's one of my favorite Disney characters. One of my favorite Disney afternoon cartoons. Uh, I love going back to this. Uh, did you know that Darkwing Duck also wears purple? He does because because of Prince. Or because heard, of Prince. I heard they shined uh, a purple light on the falls <laughs> in honor of this book coming out. Yeah, that's what I heard too. Yeah, I saw yeah, it on Facebook. Is that is uh, dropping that? Uh, this is Joe's books. Huh. It's a small company. Um, they don't really do a lot of other stuff. They did another Disney book recently. Uh, it was like the Disney Princess book. Um, done by Amy Meberson, who does the Pocket Princess cartoons, if you've ever seen those on Facebook or Tumblr or anything. But, yeah. Darkwing. Darkwing. That's a book. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Are you going to get dangerous, Chris? Let, you know what? I think we should all, together, let's get dangerous. Oh, I think we should get dramatic first before we get dangerous, though. And now, a dramatic reading from Archie. Number 5, page 28, panel 1. I totally should have made sure Jonathan was actually ready for that (laughs) crossover. That's awesome segue. And we... Oh, shoot. Hold on. Oh, that was a very good dramatic read. No. (laughs) No, that's... That's that's about as good as we do for... Blu-ray segues. (laughs) What's the what? Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Olson, but the Canadian government <laughs> was alerted uh, that you and Mr. Bizarro might be passing through, and I'm so very sorry about this, but we've <laughs> been instructed to turn you away. And that was a dramatic reading from Bizarro, number six, page 20, <laughs> panel four. Sorry, I was scrambling. I was That was a miscommunication on my part. No, no, I... Sometimes most of my segues are just so smooth, you don't even know the segues. And, and, and we've there was been... a segue in the thing. I heard that they were uh, turned away by, uh, was it John or Paul's guns? <laughs> <laughs> Could have been. Yeah, yeah. You know, are you, are you carrying any weapons? Just these. Oh, the Dukes. The Dukes. True story. That was it. True story of Paul and John crossing the Canadian border. I believe. <laughs> I believe we told you that story the last time uh, you were on the show with us. You did. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what? But you're on the show for one reason, and one reason only, and that's to take me to school on how to pick movies for the summer for the Bagnum Broadcast summer movie blockbuster bracket buster number six. Enter the son of the bracket, the return. The return. It's better than the first time you said it. Yeah, probably. Let me load up our bracket here. We got 60, as always, every summer we pick some of the, what, what we think are going to be the 16 best movies of the summer, or top grossing movies of we the summer. We pick the 16 that are closest to the things that we would probably see or are into mm-hmm. kind of the comic book or cartoon yeah. or pop culture kind of the things. Uh, because, like, last year we didn't pick San Andreas because none of us wanted or cared about that. It also and came then, out early. Yeah. It came out late April, too, right before we started, you know. We yeah. usually start that first weekend of May is the start of our summer movie, yeah. Black Buster. And that's the thing I, every year, have to fight to keep 
Because I keep on trying to push it back. I'm like, guys, Fast and Furious does a lot of money. It always comes out mid-April. We should include it because it does better than a lot of the other movies we pick. Um, but this is a way for us to kind of discuss all the movies coming out in the summer really quickly. Uh, give our takes on them without knowing anything. And that also gives us a way to talk about, the, you know, a way in for us to talk about each movie when we get around to seeing them. <laughs> you know, uh, we, what we do is we look at the opening weekend numbers for the very first round uh, from boxofficemojo.com, so you can play along at home. And then that second round, the second round matchups, uh, that is the first week, so including opening weekend, the first full week of it opening. Then the third round, semifinals, is uh, the two weeks, then the finals or the, yeah, I think it would be from week four is like the final side of the next matchup is four weeks, and so or three weeks, and so on and so forth. Yeah, Until and we if get you want to see this bracket, um, check it out over at baggingboard.com or just over at our Facebook page. It's posted there as well, where you can print it out, save it digitally, mm-hmm. do whatever you want, fill one out. Hey, email to us over at contactedbaggingboardcast.com to yep. be entered into the running to uh, be on next year's episode when we make our picks as well. Yeah, if uh, you have a the best picks if you you uh, you get one point for every time you're right and the movie beats you know earns more money than the movie it's up against uh yeah you have a chance to be like jonathan winchester the champion of champions the super friend of the show that is here today and i assume that jonathan will be on here next year too <laughs> Because uh, he was one of the only. Not only did he appear on the show, he also kept track of things to say. Like I, I don't know, is is Paul is Paul I right was, here? <laughs> I was very busy last summer. <laughs> I was in charge of a project to move uh, offices, and I was doing you a lot of building. You were building a building. I was building a building, and then moving offices from one office to the it's building the, uh, you just yeah. built. Yeah, yeah. And coordinating it so the move happened all over one weekend. And you had a lot. But of sh- also, you were trying to cheat in the bracket. And I was trying to cheat in the bracket, and you know, I—that's a lot of work. That's I was really into the numbers last year, <laughs> and so I may have been a tad bit douchey about. No, no, you, no, 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 you, no, you kept me on track and on point because there was a lot of other things going on in my. <laughs> my life. And it was, it so was, it was also good. me going, Paul, are you sure about these numbers? And then him like calculating, 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 and then being like, I don't know. I'll have to look it up later. And then, <laughs> and then, then later was just me falling over. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what it would happen. I'm like, oh, I, there's something fun I could do, or I could sleep. And it was basically <laughs> sleep one every time because. Dude. My dark horse was Mission Impossible, so and I was keeping a like, close watch. Yeah, and this Mission Impossible actually did beat out Ant-Man for that, like, first week. because But Ant-Man then, like, that very next... It was so close. Like, it's... Uh, I'm yeah. trying to remember. It was, But I think it was... Was it Lexi that picked uh, Jurassic World over Avengers? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So she may have caught the figurative golden snitch of the uh <laughs> i think how everything worked out she had picked enough wrong over on, on the, the other side on the other side that it didn't it kind of evened out and it was neck and neck between paul myself and you jonathan and we never figured out exactly who won and uh yeah well i i, I, I thought i gave that up to you john i'm like john i don't know but you know how to do it I, and I fell over. <laughs> yeah, and I did. I did math, and then I was like, mm, I feel bad maybe saying that I win. Uh, so we're saying that Jonathan won uh, two years in a row. Then Lexi second. 
I still think Lexi would have been after one or you or me. Okay. Um, I, if I, I very rarely. I got the brackets over here. Yeah, still. I, I, I bet hard on Tomorrowland. That, yeah. that was my mistake. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's last year. This is this year. This year. An asterisk. Oh, this year is a beautiful. As uh, a great bracket. I hate saying the word beautiful now. Because you know political implications, uh, and we have a wonderful black bracket. Uh, because if there was enough movies where I could kind of group them all together in like quadrants or in you know, uh, yeah, in quadrants, let's say, or divisions. If you're more of a sports fan, um, so up in the left hand side of the bracket, upper left, you have uh, basically all the superhero movies. We have Captain America: Civil War going up against Suicide Squad because who else to put up against a Suicide Mission than the Suicide Squad? Uh, then X-Men Apocalypse versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows. <coughs> then believe, beneath that is the uh, like sci-fi fantasy division, which is Warcraft versus Jason Bourne. They both know a lot about warfare. And then you got Star Trek Beyond and Independence Day Resurgence. They know a lot about them aliens. Fuck <laughs> <Not> you. <laughs> what? They know a lot about them aliens, John. And then up in the right-hand corner... You have, uh, upper right-hand corner, you have basically the kids' or family movies. So you got Finding Dory versus Pete's Dragon, both Disney movies. Uh, and then Kubo, Kubo and the Two String versus the BFG, which are both more action-y, right? Or, yeah. And then, uh, beneath that, the lower right-hand is like, uh, well, it was a good idea, Paul, to quadrant these guys off until you get to this point where it's kind of a, a mismatch. But this is mostly the comedy stuff. So you got Ghostbusters versus Alice Through the Looking Glass. That's the one that kind of sticks out, Alice Through the Looking Glass. And then you have Now You See Me Too versus Central Intelligence. Uh, a lot of movies to get through. 16, in fact. Who and, wants to start us off? And I will just say this. I will let whoever, when we get to those movies, when they are competing with another one of these movies. Because this summer you have, like, thought to be blockbuster coming out the same week as another thought-to-be-blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of that going on in this list. So, uh, first off, uh, May 6th, we have Civil War, and then Suicide Squad is... August. August 5th. Mm-hmm. I think... I think it's going to be Civil War. I don't want to put those... <laughs> I'm worried this year because Avengers like got killed by Jurassic Park, but we don't have a Jurassic Park on this list this year. Warcraft? Is Warcraft the Jurassic no, Park of this year? I don't think it is, but okay. I think Avengers is going to be, or not Avengers, Civil War is going to be this year's Avengers, though. Uh, I think so too, but and that's why I'm going to vote Civil War. Independence Day Resurgence. There's a lot of people like hyped about the movie. Really. Uh, this the trailer number two that just came out. Uh-huh. There's like people are outraged. They they're complaining about the trailer right now what? in the movie. Why? I didn't look into it because I didn't give a shit. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Hosted the bag of broadcast, everybody. <laughs> oh, geek news. Yeah, I didn't give a shit. I did not give a shit. I. <laughs> That's why we do a bracket, so we don't need to talk about movies that we should probably give a shit about, but really don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I think just with this being pretty much the next Avengers movie, mm-hmm. going up against something that's set in the same universe as the polarizing Batman v Superman, I 
I think Suicide Squad will do good, but I don't think it's going to do as well as something even like Deadpool wound up doing. Um, I think we're going to see, after this movie comes out, uh, Warner Brothers and DC kind of taking another hard look at everything that they're doing. Ugh. I, I'm afraid, because they don't... This will be their third time trying to figure this stuff out. I see Su- Suicide Squad being a uh, better than Batman versus Superman. I think it's going to do well. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to do Civil War well. I think when people saw Spider-Man, people went apeshit. Right. You know, like people. Oh yeah, went, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh man. Yeah, that's that's exactly my my philosophy on this one. Is it's it's the Avengers and Spider-Man. Do you need to say anything more? This thing is going to run. This is going to be the Jurnik or not that nothing can crush it. So I'm not worried about the first matchup, you know, uh, being in August because we all know it's all going to come down to Civil War versus whatever, right? Right. Yeah. So, so I, my pick is definitely Civil War. Suicide Squad. It has uh, Mar- Margot, Margot, Margot uh, Roby, who's adorable, and people are falling in love with her, and that's great. But not my Harley Quinn. Hashtag not my Harley Quinn. Jonathan? Um, uh, the voice. Warner Brothers is kicking themselves for not making Suicide Squad a hard R after seeing what Deadpool could do. Like, the Batman Superman, after them showing that they can do a. They're going to do an R rated release. Uh, a four hour <laughs> release. Yeah, like, Suicide should have gone hard R, like, gone all out. But, uh, yeah, Civil War is going to kill everyone. Because, mm-hmm. you know, with all the talk about how well Deadpool did, its opening weekend wasn't bigger than Batman v Superman. It was just, you know... For the demographic. For the demographic and it being a hard R, making that much money. It's it's kind of like um, when uh, The Hangover came out. They're like, oh, rated R movies can make over $100 million opening weekend. Who knew? Mm. You know, uh, rated our comedies. So let's make another one. Let's make, and then, but the thing is, people get desensitized to that real quick and realize that they're just being kind of pandered to with, or, you know, they're just ratcheting up the, the, the raunchiness just for that sake and not giving a good story. Yeah. Behind it. And that's what killed those rated R action comedy, any of those kind of movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so our next on the list is X-Men Apocalypse versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. And just to put this out there, the same week that X-Men Apocalypse comes out, Alice Through the Looking Glass comes out. So they're both coming out May 27th. Okay. Just I, putting it out there. I mean, those are two big mm-hmm. movies coming out the same week. Same week. So they're going to might split the box office a little bit there. Um, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is coming out June 3rd, not against anything else. And also, partly shot in Buffalo, New York. That's true. Couldn't take the 33 for three weeks. When you, when you see that car chase uh, with the turtle van, that's that's the 33 right there. Okay. Does that mean anything to you, Paul? Is that going to make you pick Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles over X-Men? You know what? I think it's been how many years since the first one? Four years now? No! Has it been three? <laughs> yeah, that hasn't been that long. Yeah, okay, three or four years. So you had a lot of kids, a lot of families that took their, like, let's say, five-year-old to see Turtles, and now they're seven or eight, and I think they're even more of Turtle fans. I think So I'm going to go with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of the shadows, uh, just 
Partly because... 2014, two years. So two years. Yeah, but they're two years older, and that's a lot. Two years is a long time, percentage-wise, for a five-year-old. <laughs> that is 33, that's almost 33% of their life right there. Uh, so I'm going to go uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. I think uh, I think this is going to be one of those sequels that actually makes more money than the than the original. Chris, uh, I'm looking forward to both of these movies. While I'm kind of looking forward to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles a little bit more, uh, it has the Casey Jones factor going for it. I I do think X Men Apocalypse is going to do better. Um, at this point, the X Men has a little bit more pedigree going for it. At least cinematic-wise. I think Ninja Turtles, it's still kind of not a big draw. I mean, we even weren't, like, huge fans of the first one. Like, I saw it and I was, like, entertained by it, but I also went to see it at, like, the $2 theater. It was better than I thought it was going to be. I will say that. It had a lot of stupid moments, but there were stupid moments I could look past. <laughs> and, I mean, I can't speak for, like, everybody, but just the people that I know, I haven't heard anyone really talk about Ninja Turtles. I've heard a lot more buzz about like X Men Apocalypse at work. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that 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 one gets my vote just because I think that's what people are going to respond to a little bit more. While personally, I would probably pick Ninja Turtles out of the two. Jonathan, the Turtles got my money last time it came out, and I was offended by how awful it was. <laughs> <laughs> like it was it was fun, but it wasn't what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I think even Paramount and Nickelodeon were surprised that it did as well as it did. Uh, I'm going X-Men. I think it's a big boy movie. It's going to do big boy money. I'm going to go Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, Oh, fellow checker. (laughs) I'm going because X-Men is coming out with Alice through the looking glass. Mm -hmm. So I think there's going to be people split between that, and then people are going to see that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are coming out. And I think there's a lot more kids who've grown up. I mean, ev- I think every generation of kids have grown up with some type of cartoon or live action show, and are gonna get suckered into the movie. Yeah. So I'm going Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I- I'm seeing that uh, X Men might have a longer uh, tail on it. I think it might make it might not have a big drop off from the opening weekend, but just See, going over I opening think, weekend, I, I think, think it is. I think I the think- only thing that's gonna have a good continue on is going to be Captain America Civil War because you have three weeks before the summer movie train starts. You have from May 6th to May May 27th because after that, after May 27th, every week is a new movie coming out. Mm, Talking about new movies, we got Warcraft, the the titular... (laughs) Movie uh, describing all the different, you know, things that everybody's interested in when they play the Warcraft video games. The lore, you know, the lore of the the story of, of the world of Warcraft uh, versus Jason Bourne, which is the return of the real Bourne. No more Hawkeye Bourne. This is this is uh, Matt Damon Bourne yeah. coming back. Uh, Chris, I just want to ask you one question. Do yes. you remember how many people? are still playing Warcraft. Isn't like, um it's taken a dip, but it's like 12 to 14 million. No, it's, it's no, like it's, eight, it's, it's under 10 million. Yeah, it, it's Is a lot under? lower um the like population of people playing it has dropped so much that now Blizzard no longer discusses mm-hmm. like <laughs> subscriber numbers on um 
their like earnings calls, but they do have a new expansion coming out at the end of August. I want to say it is. Yeah. Um, and also, I think what they're doing with this movie, uh, wh- who's making this? Is it legendary? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think they're doing a good job of promoting this not as a video game movie, but more as just kind of like that falls out fantasy, fantasy action. Um, they're going a little bit more hard edge on it. I don't think we've had a movie promoted this way in a while now. Uh, so I think they're doing something a little bit different with it. I think they're counting on more people than actually play the video game. But honestly, even if it's just the video game fans that come out, you have a fan base of millions and millions and millions of people that will still come out to see this movie. Uh, and this movie, Warcraft, is coming out the same week that Now You See Me 2 oh, is coming out. Now You See Me 2. Jason Bourne is not up against anything. Ooh, I'm wondering... See, if, if you ask me which movie I think I would wind up liking more, it'd probably be Jason Bourne, but I think Warcraft's going to do better. Hmm. Jonathan? This one's kind of hard. Uh, is Warcraft a little too late <laughs> to the game on this? Uh yeah. Yeah, it's going to say what's being talked about for, like, over five years. I think... Yeah, and it's like... like, Definitely in the the last three years, yeah, they've been talking about it. I don't know. I think I'm going to go Warcraft. I think Jason Bourne, like... I think that last movie that kind of went away... It had a... Jeremy Renner? What's his name? It wasn't a Jeremy Jeremy Renner. Renner. Yeah. Renner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's gonna kind of hurt this movie because I, I think who's asking for a Jason Bourne movie? I don't know. I think Warcraft is gonna beat it. Uh, I think Warcraft definitely, and I think because of <clears throat> that, maybe eight million that are still playing. Okay, so let's say but, eight million times twelve dollars per ticket, right? Thereabouts. Okay, so that's even to say ten dollars. That's that's, that's still under. That's that's you know eighty. That's eighty million. Yeah, but you got to remember all those diehard fans who have been playing it, and it was like the biggest game ever. Yeah. I think those people are going to come back out to be like, "Gotta support my Warcraft. I love Warcraft." Or or the fans that never played World of Warcraft but loved. Warcraft, the actual strategy game, like Dave Chappelle, he he never he doesn't like World of Warcraft, but man, he loves himself some uh, Frozen Throne. Yeah, and like even when you consider like yeah, World of Warcraft has had a huge drop off of uh, subscribers. I think you hit it kind of on the head where this is dealing more with the lore. This is going back to the beginning, and that's something that everybody's interested in seeing. Okay, last time Jason Bourne. Matt Damon, Jason Bourne was on uh, was on uh, on the theater screens. It brought in lifetime two hundred twenty seven million dollars. It only op- it opened with uh, just a little under seventy million. So, you know what? I'm going to go with I'm going to go with, uh, go with Jason Bourne here. You know, I I, I like I've only seen the Bourne Identity, which I really did enjoy. Um. I haven't seen the other ones just because they never hit Netflix. <laughs> you know, like 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 Born Ultimatum was on Netflix, but I never saw Supremacy, so I'm like, oh, maybe Supremacy, and then you do a search, and, and I'm like, why why would they give you the first and third movie? Come on, Netflix. 
Uh, so, but you know what? I'm I'm just going to go different here. I'm going to I'm going to go with Jason Bourne versus Warcraft. I think Warcraft might be a little too insular, and we're inside that insular bubble. You know what I mean? Right. It's kind of like the Star Trek phenomenon, where we kept on thinking Star Trek was going to have really big numbers because we're kind of inside that bubble. Hey, look at that! Star Trek's next up. Hey. Uh, so you have Star Trek Beyond, um, and that is coming out July 22nd. Versus Independence Day, coming out June 24th. Uh, neither one of them are up against anything else, mm-hmm. but Independence Day is sandwiched between Finding Dory's uh, and Central Intelligence on the 17th and the BFG on July 1st. Um, Star Trek Beyond is between Ghostbusters and the Jason Bourne. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Independence Day resurgence here. Uh, you I, just said I, there's backlash. That. Oh, good, good. You said there's some backlash going on, but I think there's going to be that 90s nostalgia. Yeah, 90s, right? It came out yes. in 99. Yes. Right? No, not 99. No, it was like earlier than that. Oh, was it not earlier? It's like 96. I thought it was part of the, like, oh, Y2K kind of, it's coming no. up. No, it did not come out with Y2K. <laughs> oh, it came out with Windows 95, and that's what they uploaded to the... Uh, 1996. 1996. So, yeah, Windows 95, that's what they uploaded to the aliens to crash their ships, right? Um, Yeah, so I'm going to go Independence Day. Star Trek has, even with these new ones, they always seem lackluster on opening weekend. Like, you know, under 80 million each and every time. And I'm always surprised by that, and I should no longer be surprised. So I'm going to go Independence Day Resurgence. I'm also going to go Independence Day, and I'm just looking back to Jurassic World Mm-hmm. kind of just to prove the fact that people do have that mid-90s nostalgia, and I think this is tapping into that. Um, I think Star Trek Into Darkness uh, turned off a lot of people to Star uh, Star Trek movies again, um, just because they did the bait-and-switch that everybody saw coming with Khan. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like a lot of people were like, okay, whatever, we knew, you lied to us. Everybody loves Independence Day. That that movie's still fun, and that was actually like the first blockbuster movie that I actually remember seeing in theaters. I think like, I paying my own money to go check it out, and I loved it. I saw it like two or three times in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I I really dug that movie. I'm looking forward to Resurgence a lot, even if it just taps into like a slight bit of that fun. Uh, we have the same director coming back to Roland Emmerich, so I think this movie's in good hands. I don't think it's going to do Jurassic World movie, but I, Jurassic World movie money, I can't talk. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's going to tap into that same kind of fan base. Uh, I don't think like the director coming back means too much because Roland Emmerich, I mean, he's the guy who did like the day after. He's the guy that did like, what is it, like 2012 or whatever. Yeah, he, he does big world-ending movies, though. Yeah. Um, 10,000 BC. Uh, Eight-legged freaks, too. What's your point? Did he really, Did he do that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, he's got a little more clout. Oh, Andy, he did both. Oh, I thought he did both Godzilla movies. He just did that really bad Godzilla in 1998. He did do The Patriot. My grandmother loves that movie. But yeah, um, I don't know. Like, I think... I think... I think... I think it's going to be Star Trek. I'm going to put my I'm going to I'm going to back the Star Trek bus in Simon Pegg cuz didn't like Simon Pegg help co-write this movie? 
I believe he did. Yeah. So I'm gonna go Star Trek. I is someone who I just said like I saw the movie twice in the theaters and like once at the drive-ins of the original <laughs> Independence Day. But I think it's so overplayed that people are like, oh, I'll just watch it on TNT or TBS. Do those channels still exist? I'm not sure. But like, oh, I can just watch it anytime. It's not that big a deal. It's not coming out Fourth of July weekend like it did the year that it came out. Mm-hmm. Like it's not going to be that huge of a thing. If they were smart, they would have had this movie come out on Fourth of July again. Yeah, that was a bad forethought not doing that. Yeah, it's yeah, coming I'm out. Surprised it's, it's, not. it's coming out the week before. No, it's not even that. It's like the twenty fourth. So I don't know. I just I think it's kind of silly on their part. And um, no, it's the weekend before. Yeah, because Fourth uh, of July is on a Monday this year. I feel like less and less movies are coming out like that when it's coming towards that holiday or coming towards it coming out that Wednesday or mm-hmm. that Thursday release. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is um, good. I hate Thursday and Wednesday releases. It messes up my bracket. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to go Star Trek. Jonathan? Um, my Independence Day has Will Smith in it. Welcome to it. Earth. No one cares about Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> uh, Star Trek, I probably shouldn't pick this, but... My love for the Beastie Boys and that <laughs> I got super hyped on that when Sabotage started playing. Well, see, you're saying it. You're letting yourself know. Star Trek. That you're setting yourself up for Sabotage. <laughs> <laughs> I probably am, but I'm going Star Trek. All right, man. I was trying to set you straight. <laughs> I'm glad that you remember those few lines from that rap. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, Paul doesn't listen to music, so that's impressive. Yeah, that is impressive for me. <laughs> so we're going to go on to the other side of our bracket with Finding Dory and Pete's Dragon. Yeah. Finding Dory is yes. oh. coming out. Uh, <laughs> June 17th. June 17th against Central Intelligence. And Pete's Dragon is August 12th. Um, yep. Sandwiched between Suicide Squad and uh, Kubo and the Two String. Yeah, uh, it's Finding Dory, right? Like everybody loves Finding Nemo. Yeah, I think like clownfish. There were so many clownfish that died because everybody went out and bought an aquarium, didn't know how to set them up, and bought clownfish and threw them in there and like, oh, that's a saltwater fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Oh, uh, well, kids, we're, no, we're just playing a cool game. Find Nemo. <laughs> where is he? He's somewhere in the house. Oh, you still haven't found him? Yeah, we'll, we'll tell you where he is when you're old enough. How many, like, sick, depraved parents were there that, like, cut the fin off of one of those fish, too? No, no, he did. He had a fin. It was just... Yeah, you could gimp yeah, it. it. Just you, malformed. You could gimp it up. Um, as much as I loved Pete's Dragon as a kid, and between the two... I probably will go see Pete's Dragon over Finding Dory. Finding Dory is... That's it. Like, that's the other big movie mm-hmm. of the summer. Yeah, that's, I, I agree. Okay, the big question of, for Pete's Dragon I have... I'm sorry, Jonathan, go ahead first, and then I'll, I'll have my big question for Pete's Dragon. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think I'm going Finding Dory... Pete's Dragon? That's not Pete's Dragon. I mean... He's furry. A seaside 
Ocean and Mickey Rooney. Like, <laughs> yeah. And a little That's drunk. With freckles. Like, this isn't Beats Dragon. And you need that amazing, like, cartoon and live action combination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've seen computer animation and people together, but yeah. That's what was magical about the original Pete's Dragon is, like, it was so different. And this is just, like, I don't know. It looks like Jungle Book in a... In, in a, uh, Where the yeah, Wild Things Are. Park. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't like it. Yeah. And my big question for uh, Pete's Dragon, snake oil salesman? <laughs> is he there? Because that, he was the... He was my focus back growing up when I saw it. Redford's in this one, though, so... Oh, really? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, you know. Uh, Finding Dory is one of hey. those classic Pixar films now. Um, when you think Pixar, Finding Dory is going to be one of the top ones that springs to mind right after Toy Story, probably. But, John, you said it, this is going to be the other big movie of the summer. I think Pete's Dragon is going to suffer a bit coming out after something as highly regarded as The Jungle Book has been. Mm-hmm. I mean, The Jungle Book, it looks just absolutely gorgeous and i don't think pete's dragon can even compare to like that live app uh, live action adaptation i think it's going to be apples and oranges just from what i i saw jungle book and then the previews i've seen for pete's dragon and pete's dragon the previews aren't like really showing they're not showing anything they're barely showing you anything but at the same point like it's like I can tell that it's just not the same movie. Just have yeah. Robert Redford's face, and like everybody's like, "Wait, is he the dragon?" <laughs> just no, have the dragon. No, he's the catcher's man. <laughs> he's got dragon scale. Yeah, he's Robert Redford's a great actor. I don't know why you guys hate him so much. I, I think Pete's Dragon is going to be something that Disney can use to say, like, "Oh, like we had a great quarter because of movies like The Jungle Book." Mm-hmm. And Pete's Dragon is going to be kind of on the tail end of that. Like they won't really ever discuss this movie again they put money into it but i think anything they can get back is just going to be added into like their live action sales mm-hmm. like jungle book i just want to have a side note here for paul like anytime you mention robert redford the movie not all the great things that he's done that i've known that i've gotten to know years afterwards uh-huh. like butch cassidy and oh, so good the natural uh, anytime the sting Anytime Robert Redford is mentioned, I just think of the movie Sneakers. <laughs> sneakers is great. It's great, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, Sneakers, nah. It's like, a great movie. So anytime Robert Redford, great. Robert Redford is mentioned, I'm like, eh, hmm. like it's, it's like a write off. <laughs> so many great movies. Sneakers, Phoenix. Sneakers is great. I love Sneakers, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I don't think of his greatest works. No, it's not I one of his always, greatest I'm works. I'm just always like, oh, Sneakers, hmm. it's good. But Robert Redford is a great actor. He's he's a better actor than Tom Hanks. Mm, no. no. Yeah. No. In my in my in my my bracket. In your bracket for best actors. I think I think See, I think Robert Redford has he's gotten there. He's, he's been able to make a career off of playing Robert Redford. So has Tom Hanks. Yeah, but Tom Hanks Tom Hanks has got some range. Yeah, really dumb Tom Hanks versus smartly smart Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Joe Balls. So you got you got. Uh, All right, you're talking Joe Balls versus Volcano. Volcano. That's like that's that's, that's really ch- near Forrest Gump's level kind of. That's charming. That's charming. Young Money Pit is just a little bit. He's a little bit smarter. 
Uh, Turner and Hooch, just a little bit smarter. That's that's early Tom Hanks. Later half. Edition. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bridge of Spies was absolutely amazing, and it's not just like oh, Tom Hanks. Like it's like phenomenal movie. The guy in the who he plays in the Terminal is dumber than Joe versus a volcano, but smarter than Forrest Gump. But uh, right in between. Uh, what is it like the woods where it's like, oh, yeah, Willem Dafoe's walking to me my walking me to my death. Mm, hey, don't kill me. Then he kills him. He couldn't convince Willem Dafoe not to kill him. Yeah, could have. And then that stupid like. Hey, I don't think anybody can. Hey, I'm Robert Will, Redford on a Will boat. Willem not kill him. I'm Robert Redford on a boat. Watch me sail this boat in a storm. He's great. He's, he's great. He just whispered. He's great. He's great. Well, I was checking my work phone. I got a call that I missed. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, so who isn't picking Finding Dory? Anybody not pick? Yeah. Did everyone, did everyone make their pick? I, okay. okay. I just wanted to make sure. Okay. Kubo. Kubo? Kubo? Yep. Right. Kubo and the Two, two Strings versus uh, the Big Friendly Giant. Oh, Okay. Uh, Not the big fracking gun from Doom. Big Friendly Giant coming out exactly. uh, July 1st. August 19th is uh, Kubo. And I had not heard of Kubo before this bracket, so I literally just watched the trailer for it. Um, Kubo on the st- two strings yep. looks really good. Um, it is the story of Kubo, who lives in a quiet, normal uh, shoreside village until a spirit from the past turns his life upside down by reigniting an age-old vendetta, which causes him to go on the search for his samurai father. Sounds great so far. Uh, Yeah. uh, BFG, I never knew this was based off of a book. Is it a Roald Dahl uh, book? Yeah, Roald Dahl. Roald Dahl. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. He he baked the queen a uh, birthday cake, and so, they wheeled it to the uh, back, uh, the palace there. I heard he filled it full of jizz. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. I didn't hear that. That's what I heard. Is that an English candy that I'm not aware of? Either. <laughs> uh, I think if you watch both of these trailers, the only big thing going for the big friendly giant is Steven Spielberg attached mm-hmm. to this. What yeah. about Hugo? That was Martin Corsese. Oh. Uh, you're thinking um, Tintin. Tintin, which didn't do that great either. But, I mean, he's had, you know, he mm-hmm. had Lincoln, he's had The War Horse, he's had a couple movies in between those. Yeah, but those are two different demographic movies, uh, you no, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah Tintin. I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, but Tintin, who gives a about Tintin. He, he, so this, I love Tintin. Yeah. Tintin was a good movie. I will say, Tintin oh, was a Tintin good movie. Tintin was a lot better than I ever expected it but to be. it was not something that anybody of our age is really attached to. I mean, they had that... I just remember after, like, Babar on HBO, they'd play these really bad Tintin cartoons, and I'd turn it off. You like Barbar better than Tintin. That's what you're telling me right now. I think I did. <laughs> wow. I, Tintin is so much better than Barbar. I would agree. I think, think BFG is going to do better, and it's due to Steven Spielberg's involvement in it. I think Kubo is going to be the better movie, but I think it's going to kind of fall 
to the side, kind of like one of those DreamWorks animated pictures where like the number nine. Like nine was nine was good. I like that one a yeah, lot. Yeah, but it but, didn't yeah, do it well. Didn't, it didn't perform. Like right. I think this is going to be something like that, like the Book of Life that came out a couple years ago, where okay, yeah, it, it's a gorgeous movie, but it doesn't have that name brand association that something like EFG is going to have. Because I mean, that's Steven Spielberg and Roald Dahl. Like that's that's even though the movie itself doesn't look fantastic, who. Who doesn't love Willy Wonka or Matilda? You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm going to go Kubo. Yeah, you know, I think if you get, it, I just want to hearken on uh, Chris's point real quick that we are of the age now where we grew up watching those Raw Doll movies. Like we were kids, and like even in school, we would watch Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And then like Matilda came out back when we were what in middle school, high school. And then, you know, the witches. Remember that one where the kids get turned into mice? And what was some... James and the Giant Peach came out when we were in, like, high school. So now we're at the age where we're having kids. And we might have kids old enough to want to go see this movie. So I could see our generation bringing their kids to see the BFG, just on that name recognition of Raul Dahl. Um, But, man, I don't know. I, I... I'm, going uh, to... I'm picking the BF2, but I, I really think Kubo is going to be better. Yeah, and that's why I'm picking Kubo. You know, I I was right there when I was trying to hearken your point a little bit. I was trying to convince myself to get on the BFG wagon, but uh, I can't. I just I want Kubo to do better because it looks I know, cooler. Me, me too. Yeah. John, I, I, oh. I hope it does. It, that, it looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, you got a you got a uh, you got a horse in this race. Um, I have a big freaking giant. Uh, <laughs> the the biggest mistake is the name. I think yeah. the BFG like it doesn't line up. Like I watched the trailer and just the name, it doesn't line up with what I expected it to be. Yeah. Like the movie looks interesting. There's an orphan, so you know. Yeah, it's all. <laughs> uh, as always, uh, the BFG it seems. I don't. I, the name, I think, yeah. it's gonna screw it up. And uh, but Kubo, I didn't have a clue what this was, and then I watched the trailer, and I was completely blown away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, while my while while my guitar gently weeps. Oh, uh, grief one. that like killed me. Mm-hmm. Like it's that was an amazing trailer. It was beautiful, and then at the very end. Matthew McConaughey comes in and like does a one-liner. It completely threw off the trailer, but I think uh, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this is gorgeous and artsy," and then boom, McConaughey comes in. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> that's that pretty uh, good, Paul. That was good, Paul. <laughs> Sorry, they we both have-, have problems, but I think I want Kubo to do better. But I think the Spielberg factor is going to put BFG over the top. Okay, so are you voting with your heart? Or are you voting with your Spielberg wallet? Oh, nice. Uh, I'm going Spielberg. Okay. All right. And John, you're with Kubo. I went Kubo. And now we're going Ghostbusters, the all-female cast. Melissa McCarthy makes a lot of money in each of the movies she does opening weekend. Spy did not do good last year. Well, it did. Okay, it made. Cl- it it was not like a 
it was against something that yeah. did like you know ten thousand dollars more, but it was like thirty five versus forty five. Yeah, it was. Well, it only made thirty million opening weekend, but it ended up making one hundred and ten million dollars for a comedy coming out in June, which is pretty good. June fifth was its release, so. Uh, but uh, let me look up uh, Melissa Carthy movies. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, she makes around thirty-five to forty million dollars, and the forty million dollars she did was Hangover Part Three. So <laughs> she was—I didn't know she was even in that. Apparently so. So you know, you can you can bank. Her movies will make over a hundred million dollars, or right around a hundred million dollars. So um, there so you go. Ghostbusters, July fifteenth. Uh, Alice Through the Looking Glass, May 27th, up against X-Men Apocalypse. Alice Through the Looking uh, Glass, I have no interest in at all. That movie but the, was Alice huge. in Wonderland did over a, bi- like a billion dollars world, worldwide, though. Like, people loved that movie. I, I think it's like way too long past it, because that came out in 2010. We're six years later now. Uh, I don't, I yes, don't know. If, I don't know if Through the Looking Glass is going to have that same draw, but I think it's still going to draw more than Ghostbusters is. 116 million dollars opening weekend. It was a 3D release, and it was one. It, and it was in 2010, back when 3D releases were the new hotness, mm-hmm. and they were charging through the nose for those movies. So it also had that bump. And right. lifetime gross uh, domestically was 334 million. It did come out in March, so now it's going to have that summertime bump as well. So, yeah, I think it's going to have a good opening weekend. Because Hot Topic, man, those Hot Topic girls, they love their shit. They Honestly, are. like, <laughs> this, this is another case You know of... what I mean? Like, it's it's a Hot Topic. This is the demographic they're going for, right? The Hot Topic. <laughs> I love that you girl. get me to start laughing, and then you're like, I gotta drive it home, make him to laugh even more. <laughs> yeah. This is another case of the movie I'm going to see isn't going to be the one I'm picking because I'm going to see Ghostbusters, but I think Alice is going to completely trounce it. Uh, I don't really think I'm going to see either one in the theaters, Mm -hmm. Um, but I think Ghostbusters is going to do it. I think because of the Melissa McCarthy and because of its... A Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. And it does... The, like, the visuals of the ghosts in that thing, mm-hmm. I think, look amazing. I yeah. think it looks great. And I think, due to that, I think Ghostbusters. John, did you already finish your beer? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Jonathan, did you go yet? Uh, no. Do you want to go next? <clears throat> Why not? Uh, yeah, my notes say... Uh... <laughs> Alice in Wonderland, one billion question mark. It's like I didn't realize that it made that much. Um, uh, worldwide, worldwide, three hundred okay, and twenty-four dollars uh, domestic. Okay, gotcha. Three hundred. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ghostbusters. It it has the potential, I think, to be one of those movies that does way over what people are thinking it will. Mm-hmm. But I think Alice in Wonderland through the Looking Glass is. I think it's going to do more money. I and it has Alan Rickman as the caterpillar. So really, oh, so this is his last movie? No, he's got a. Couple. I don't know. Oh wow, he's done 
Because you got to think he probably did the voice for this like three years forever ago. Because this mm-hmm. takes forever to put together. Yeah, yeah. Guys, I, I I'm going to go with Ghostbusters, and I want to see this movie at the drive-in after being home and watching the first two Ghostbusters, and then getting to the drive-in and getting because here at our drive-in we can bring in whatever kind of food or drink you want and just getting drunk no, throughout the they home. ask you not to they ask you not to but you can and i do and i bring alcohol and i want to kind of get a little drunk and watch this movie it's this is one of those movies that i think i i will like better drunk hot tub time machines one of those movies <laughs> that i don't that it's not a great movie but watching it while drunk is great. It's a, going to be a great time. And I think Ghostbusters is going to be that way. And so, uh, just drinking-wise, I'm voting Ghostbusters. So I think uh, I think there's a lot of people out there like me <clears throat> that are going to, like, spike their ecto-cooler and just <laughs> go go for it. Uh, I saw Star Wars at the drive-ins, and before that, we are, uh, during the summer, our drive-in does, like, old-school... Mm-hmm. Movies, so I went and saw Blade Runner uh, in like early October, uh-huh. and I had director's uh, cut or original theatrical. Original theatrical. Okay, so with the voiceover. Uh, in it, I brought um, Rogues Lemon Cruller <laughs> and oh. uh, Anderson Valley Bourbon Aged Pumpkin Ale, which was so good, mm-hmm. especially sitting out as a little cold. Uh, I'm just saying. Halfway through. What's that? Did you fall asleep halfway through? No, I was good. Future wife might have. <laughs> Blade Runner, man. Oof. Original theatrical cut is easier to look, get through because it's not as quiet. Because you have Harrison Ford doing the voiceover to kind of explain what's going on. The director's cut, where they take that out, it's like, it's just such a quiet movie. I guess I've only seen the director's cut then, because that may help. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a double feature with 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh, yeah, then I had that, a, I was like, I, we're not staying. As much as I'd love to see that on like a big screen, oh, no, you can't do you. it, guys. Do you remember that mistake we made, which was to go see Dune <laughs> at went, midnight? We went to midnight show showing of Dune. Oh my gosh, I think we all fell asleep for like maybe thirty minutes. <laughs> oh, because they kept on saying the sleeper must awake, and I'm like, no, just let me sleep, Jeep. The sleeper must awake. I don't care about the spice. I don't so, care about any of this. Uh, I just recently listened to an interview with Patrick Stewart, uh-huh. and they asked him about that, and he's like, no, we thought it was going to be bigger than Star Wars. <laughs> oh, that was such a movie. That was such a movie. <laughs> it, was a, it was an endurance trial of a movie at midnight. That was so, stupid. everyone but me? No, you and I, Paul, you yeah. and I went Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. We're, we're on the same team on Turtles and Ghostbusters wow. right now. We're uh, we're rocking some 80s nostalgia. So now you're going up against Now You See Me Too which is, oh, versus Central Rock. Intelligence. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That we, guy. We've learned before, never bet against The Rock. never oh, bet, bet against, against, against The Rock. San Andreas. All right. Here's the movie. I just watched the San Andreas board. San Andreas Fault Line. It actually starts happening, guys. So wait, does it rock the whole world? Is it like a... No, no, just that area. It, it, it's a disaster movie. Okay, so the whole world's threatened. No, 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 just just that part of California. Now, this is probably what's going to be the most important. Finding Dory comes out June 17th. So does Central Intelligence. No, two different demographics. Now, yeah. now you see me, too. Which looks great. 
June 10th versus Warcraft. They're both coming out the same weekend. I can't bet against... I'm picking Central Tenth. It's not because of the matchups. It's just Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He has pull. He has... He, he's, he just gets... He just sells movies. That stupid uh, The Grind or The Grit or whatever that stupid football movie, that made money. And that wasn't even a good football movie. It was... Uh, it was like about ju- kids in juvie playing football. It was... It's just stupid. <laughs> the Tooth Fairy made money. It's him as a hockey player that knocks out so many teeth that when he dies, he had to come back as the Tooth Fairy. That was a movie that got made. Uh, I watched San Andreas like last week, and there's this great movie, this great moment where he jumps out of a plane with his ex-wife strapped to him and they parachute down. Uh-huh. And at that moment, I turn to future wife and I go... There's going to be another earthquake, not because of the San Andreas fault, but because the rock is going to land on Earth again. <laughs> and it was the most suave land. Like, he landed, he just uh-huh. dropped down like you would do, like, a little uh-huh. jump. He landed and then just flares this parachute off of him. Uh-huh. And I was like, never in the history of anything has anyone landed more perfectly in a parachute. You know who can do that? Oh, the Rock, the Rock, and that's why Central Intelligence, yeah, with uh, with heart, heart, yeah, and he makes so, he does okay. This is the thing: is like your parent is going to drop you off, you're going to go see that movie, and your parent's going to go see Central Intelligence. I think that's basically what's going to happen here. So I'm going to go Central Intelligence as well. And Kevin I'm Hart is go Central Intelligence. Um, I think this movie is going to do great. I love Now You See Me, and then when I looked at everything for Now You See Me 2, it's being directed by the director of Gem and the Holograms, uh, the Justin Bieber's Believe documentary, oh. Step Up 3D, Step Up 2, and that's like other dance movies. I, I, but it also, I mean, it does have Daniel Radcliffe in it, though, so, mm-hmm. and Dave Franco, and yeah. Michael Caine. This, this movie's got some power behind it, but in Central Intelligence, it looks like it's just going to be a fun summer movie. Oh yeah, I I think it's one of the more the movies I'm looking forward to seeing the most out of this summer. Like Civil War, I have a huge nerd boner for. Like I can't wait for that. But like the rest of the the rest of the movies, that's your oh that's your guided boner missile launch sequence. Right? Yeah. Like the rest of the movies on this list, Central Intelligence is up there as like one of the really? ones I want to see because it just looks fun. Like I know I'm mm-hmm. going to go to that movie and I'm going to walk out smiling and saying that was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but anyone else uh, doing Central Intelligence? Uh, I am. Jonathan, uh, I think Central Intelligence. It's what Marvel did with Secret Wars. They're like, oh, kids like the word secret. Kids like the word wars. Let's put it together. <laughs> uh, the Rock and Kevin Hart, I think they're just like, hey, they should do a movie together, and it's going to make a ton of money. Like, I think it's put together for the wrong reason. I'm sure the story's going to be not great, but it's going to be fun and funny. Uh, but I'm going, now you see me, too. Wow. Mm. Guys, so let me let me pose it to you this way. You know, we have the all-female cast of Ghostbusters coming out. Now, with Central Intelligence, you have the all-male cast of The Heat coming out. The uh, Melissa McCarthy, Kevin Hart, Sandra Bullock, joined The Rock Johnson. 
I would say it was the it would be the reverse because the character wise they're the it's the reverse from the movie and movies. No, because Kevin Hart is the you know like this kind of the little yeah, bit but of he's jerk. playing the straight man in this. He's doing this like straight man overreacting like ah you can't throw me out of a window. Oh, okay, and I was like, but it was fun like. Uh, okay. The Rock because is, the Heat had, did some good, did really good numbers for that summer. It it um uh, it made it made a uh, forty million opening weekend. Now you see me only made twenty nine opening weekend, and in lifetime for the Heat was a uh, hundred and sixty million. I think now you see me did get some life with TV and okay. video play. Um, I think it's going to be a good movie. I do look forward to seeing it, but. Yeah, so, I, I, I was thinking that you guys would. And this is and this is we, we differ with Jonathan and we lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's uh, true. All right. So before we get not going to be good though for me. <laughs> before we get into anything else, Paul and I are drinking another beer. And Paul, some of us are drinking, other of us have drank. Paul, we, I did you a disservice because I brought this over cold and we let it warm up a little bit. Mm, it's better cold. I, I like it. It's piney. It's got uh, that nice piney this is, roasted. This is you know. the beer we're drinking. Lagunitas one hitter series. A, this is the Waldo Special Ale. It's eleven point five percent, John. This is considered a triple IPA. Uh, this beer, it's nice, ice cold. It's nice here. Mm-hmm. This beer, ice cold. You take a sip and you're like, oh my gosh, the pineapple in this is mm. insane. You take another sip and then you go, what the what the hell? Grapefruit rinds? You already dropped, like, the F-bomb three times during this Grape- episode. And so Grapefruit rinds? Mm-hmm. Like, it's amazing. Like, every sip is unique and special, mm-hmm. and it makes you go, oh, my God, i got to take another sip. Having it warmer, as we did now, it's kind of the same flavor throughout Yeah, but the it's beer. complex. It's rich. I get piney up front. I do get that little bit of fruit in the mid-taste, and then it finishes all IPA with that dry richness that makes you that's like, oh, I gotta take another sip, I gotta take another sip, which is horrible that it's 11.5%. I brought two because I was like, maybe we'll both have just one single bottle. Yeah, because this is, this is, this is gonna get me messed up soon, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, look out for my picks to get really weird. <laughs> uh, Can I ask y'all a question? Yeah. Okay, is a, I mean, y'all are like, High high functioning alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> like I like uh, the craft stuff, but I'm not as versed as y'all. Well, well versed as y'all. Uh, when do you know when to uh, put it in the refrigerator for a little bit and when to drink it room temperature? Uh, on accident? Yeah. It's it's like we have it cold and we're like, oh, this is really good, and then we like bring it out for the podcast and we let it sit in the room. And the room gets about 70 degrees, 80 degrees, and then we're having it warm and like, oh, it was better colder. Yeah. Okay, so there's no like, no. oh, this is a stout. I'm going to leave it out. Or, Ooh, well, huh. sometimes it'll tell you on the side of the bottle, too. It'll say, like, enjoy at, like, 50 rogue is, degrees or something. Yeah, Rogue is really good with that, printing it on the Southern bottle. Southern Tier. Southern Tier does it. You know, there's some breweries that put it right on the bottle, like, best served at. And also your darker beers are usually better warm. Your... IPAs can run the gambit. Yeah, usually they're somewhere between like 50 and 60. So usually it doesn't hurt us too much to take things out and lead, let them sit for a half hour, 45 minutes before we drink it. If um, I was going to make a good rule of thumb, uh, with the if it has the IBUs on it, the International Bitter Units, the higher that is, go ahead and let it be cold. 
Yeah, and then, show it off a little bit. And, you know, we, we drink way too quick on the show. It's been two hours that we've been uh, recording, and we've polished off three beers. With something like this, like the Waldo, which is 11.5, that's, that's supposed to be a sipping. <laughs> you know, because if you think about it, 12 ounces of a 4% alcohol by volume beer, that's one serving. So this is high octane. That's like three times that amount. So one serving, that should take you a, like at least an hour and a half to finish it to two hours to finish it. So you letting it, you know, having it chilled and then letting it warm up in your glass, you'll get that experience, and it's probably healthier for you. <laughs> your your liver will thank you. <laughs> we do we do usually drink just about everything cellar temp. Uh, mm-hmm. It only depends like if we've had it before the podcast, and mm-hmm. then we try it both ways. Um, mm-hmm. That's a good question. Yeah, because oh. well, most of the time it's usually right out of. We'll bring it over and either leave it at Paul's, and so it's had time to just be in the cellar, cellar temperature. Which is about 55 degrees for my cellar. And then sometimes I bring something, if I know I'm traveling, because I live about 35, 40 minutes away from Paul, I'll take it, I'll put it in the fridge, take it out, and then drive it over, and then it just sits on the table for another hour and <laughs> warms up. So, good answer. Good answer. Yeah, so sometimes what I've done, too, is just out of laziness. Like, I'll go buy a six-pack, and it might be in a cooler, so I'll drink the first one cold. But then I've just neglected to put the rest in the fridge. So, like, an hour or two later when I go to get another one, it's warmed up a little bit, and then I just kind of make the decision from there if I want to keep drinking it warmer or cooler. Yeah. You got four more beer chances to make it right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we only have one chance to make our brackets right. Well. Uh, Jonathan, did you open anything else, or are you still working on uh, just your water? The guy has a hangover. Stop forcing him to drink. I thought I heard him open something. I don't know. Oh, I'm completely hammered right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm drinking the uh, the Temperest Imperial Milk Stout by Wood Brewery. Ooh. Milk Stout. I love a good milk stout. Is milk it stout cookie? <laughs> Wait, it, it's cookie flavored. I'm sorry. Girl Scout cookie. Girl Scout cookie. Oh, last week y'all had one of those, right? Well, we had the, from Ballast Point, the Peppermint uh, Victory at Sea. Yeah. Which reminded me straight up uh, as an alcoholic. Uh, thin Mint. Thin Mint, yeah. Or Grasshopper, if, yeah. if you will. Uh, that was really nice. But the milk stout, man, like a, a milk stout with a, a biscuit malt. That uh, No, it's just a straight Imperial Milk Stout. Ooh. Mm. Guys, for the Bagnum Boardcast Brewery, I'm putting that down, though. It's a uh, milk stout with uh, with also that biscuit malt uh, that we just had from Single Point, the uh, the Maris Otter. Maris Otter. Yeah. So let's write that down. All right. All right. All right. I'm, I'm actually popping open a bottle from my, uh, <laughs> my beer closet. Why not? Yeah. It's a party now. Oh, man, that means we can open the citrus peel out. Oh, we will <laughs> open up that citrus peel out. No, because I have the uh, the southern tier creme brulee. I've been aging. Oh! oh! It's a party. I'll, I'll just talk about nice, like, sweeter, dark beer. Like, I'm opening up uh, this. It's been sitting here since the beginning of January, so it's been aged for, like, about three months. So, Because mm-hmm. we do like this one a little bit better when it's been sitting for a minute because it's just... It really mellows out that sweetness a lot, so let me see if three months is a good... It's too sweet to drink a whole bottle. I know you can do it, Chris. I can't do it. It just upsets my stomach. It's so sweet. It's just... It's great, but, yeah. You know what? Three months in, it's still... 
still sweet. It's not as sweet, but you get a lot more of that alcohol on it. That's so good. Like, I don't think you even need to sit on this one for a year. Like, mm. you put it away so for a couple months, and it might level out enough for you, Paul. Oh, wow. Is it a growler or a 12-ounce? Uh, um, it's, it's, it's one of the bomber size bottles. So what oh, is the that? bomber. Okay. Oh, you opened up a bomber of it? They do sell yeah. it in the four-pack now. So uh, 22 ounces. I, I, I accidentally oh bought God. two four-packs. I, I took a second sip, and I still I still feel like I got that alcohol burn down my esophagus. It's like the nice warming belly. Oh, this is, this is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three months. Good, t- good time period to wait on it. Okay. I have almost uh, 16 months on my one bottle from last year. I don't. Ooh. I got a four pack, and I'm thinking there's another like four pack just chilling in uh, in my store. <laughs> that I'm thinking uh, I'm just gonna throw it in a craft pack oh. and walk out with it. Hold on, uh, hold on, John. Let me uh, do a little something. Okay, it's just you and me now. Chris can't hear us. Jonathan can't hear us. Uh, I don't trust Chris on his aging of uh, creme brulee because that guy loves it. <laughs> I just love loves it. it. <laughs> oh shoot! He loves it fresh. You can't trust. <laughs> you you can't trust him. I'm not gonna open it. No way, man. There's no way I'm opening it, it after three you months. Gotta put a year on that shit, <laughs> right? That's insane, <laughs> right? All right, let's get them back in. No, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it is a really sweet beer, but yeah, I can drink it straight out of the bottle, fresh. <laughs> but three months, it does level it out a lot. Like it, it's still sweet. Don't get me wrong, but the alcohol notes really pop out on it a lot more. Uh, is this a beer company that you can get down there in uh, Texas, Jonathan? It's Southern Tier Brewery. Southern Tier? Uh, yeah, we get Southern Tier. Have, oh. you, have you ever had the creme brulee? I have not. All right. Uh, you might find one on your on its way to you then. <laughs> All right. Uh, talking, what we have coming to you right now is another choice. A choice to make between Captain America Civil War and X-Men Apocalypse, if I have your bracket right. No, that's what I have. And that's what Jonathan has as well. So go ahead and make your choices, guys. Spider-Man in Civil War is going to kill X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> so, I agree. So you both agree that Olivia Munn cannot save the X-Men when Spidey Pants comes to town with nope. Civil War. Nope, under roost. No, she's gotten too long in the tooth. Not even Olivia Munn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, we, we have the same. It's Civil War. Yeah. Don't even, Civil War. Don't even yeah. ask. Versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's Civil War. Civil uh, War. Now, who I have Warcraft versus Star Trek. Anybody else have Warcraft versus Star Trek on their bracket? I do. All right. You guys make your pick. Uh, Jonathan, go ahead, because I might just <laughs> copy you, because you're an all-time winner. Uh, um, it's a tough one. It is. I think if we were going international, Warcraft, I think, would be better. But uh, I don't know. I think I'm going to have to go Warcraft. Mm. You know, I'm going to go Warcraft 2. I like. I really like the, your bracket, how it's shaping up, because it's Warcraft versus Captain America. So far. Well, it's CW versus WC. <laughs> That's what I have on my bracket. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I know you picked something other than you have Warcraft versus Jason Bourne, right? No, I have Warcraft oh. versus Independence Day. Oh, yeah, because we already did Warcraft versus Jason Bourne. Yeah. yeah. Okay, go ahead with your pick. Um, I honestly I went Independence Day with this one. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to have that nostalgia effect that's going to bring people out. I'm following... It, it, it might not be the best movie. I don't think Warcraft will be either, but 
I think Independence Day is a little bit more palatable for people. It, it's it's sci-fi. Sci-fi tends to just do better than fantasy in general. So I'm following you on that path with Independence Day resurgence, but I'm uh, I'm picking it over Jason Bourne. I pick Jason Bourne over Warcraft, and I think Independence Day will have a longer tail than Jason Bourne. So, all right, up in the family. Woo. Somebody falling down the stairs. Is everyone okay? We're good. Okay. <laughs> My wife's hanging curtains. <laughs> oh, alone. That's the worst. Present wife. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we've had Paul to have to go tell his wife to stop vacuuming while we're recording, so you might have to tell her to stop. Uh, no. Right. You'd, no, you. <laughs> no, don't. Jonathan, <laughs> speaking yeah. of, from a man of experience, you do not do that shit. <laughs> no, she is always right 100% of the time. Yes, you just... All right, so... I'm the inconvenience. <laughs> yeah, you are the being the inconvenience. Because you're not helping. You, you know, it's it's a you're, Sunday, a day of work. <laughs> it's Sunday. You're drinking after being hungover. You're on the Skype with, like, three, lo- <laughs> three losers that you listen to. She's like, it's noon, and I think you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have. I, I added some of my creme brulee to my leftover coffee. Don't don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be a perfect I, sweetener for it. I, I that's what I assumed. I thought I'd be like, oh, like it's some Irish coffee, because I had um some sort of creamer in there. It was like a oh. French vanilla. Oh, you already had a creamer. Yeah. You don't drink your coffee black. Hey, mm-hmm. have you tried putting your creamer in the creme brulee? No, no, I don't want to waste the creme brulee like that. Maybe at the tail end of it, I'll give that a shot. No. Uh, since we're talking beer, let's talk about the beer that Paul and I are drinking. Before we get into our family picks for the movie. So, uh, another. Because there's nothing more family friendly than a di- drunk dad, right? Nothing goes as family <laughs> hits like daddy drinking. Aww. Uh, Aww. That's your one per show. See, I've still allowed one. A lot of people don't remember that. I just haven't been cashing in on it. From uh, Southern Tier, we're drinking the three citrus peel out. Uh, this is an imperial wheat ale. This is brewed with this is blood wonderful. orange juice, grapefruit, and tangerine peel with natural grapefruit flavor added. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the one that you told me I have to try, right? Yes. Yeah. This beer is um, the grown-up version of the Schoferhofer grapefruit wheat that mm-hmm. Chris introduced us to in um, Epcot. Gosh, I if, love that beer, man. If you've ever had a Shandy and said, I wish it was more beer-like, just a little bit more beer-like, with still with a lot of nice fruit, this is the beer. This is it. And this is a... I would never drink a Shandy again. I'm drinking this. I, I never plan on drink, drinking a Shandy ever. Uh, this is 8.5%. It is so smooth... Mm-hmm. So delicious! All that grapefruit juice, like oh man, it, it's this is like, an alcoholic's dream for breakfast. This is it's juice on the nose. Mm-hmm. It's just great fr- fruit flavors while drinking it. Um, fantastic, thirteen ninety nine a four pack. A little pricey, Oof. a little pricey, but you can sneak bottles into a craft <laughs> pack for ten ninety nine at my store, and I I've, I've done it. Uh, Absolutely delicious. It's it, they need to go independent. They need to go individual pricing on those bottles now. They really oh, they do. Really should. This is that's, that's what they do stupid. at my beer store, where you can buy just like a six pack of things, or if you pick out a bottle, they scan it individually. I think it's well on the way, especially with the prices getting so high. Um, 
but it is my summer beer. Like, I can't wait for a hot summer day and be able to drink this beer. I would say that if it's a porch drinking beer, if you're talking about, like, a porch drinking beer for the summer, you have friends over and you're just, like, playing cards on the porch or playing the game on a porch and you're just sipping away on this, yes, definitely. But when I think of summertime beer, I think of a beer that I can kind of, like, okay, I got to mow the lawn. Then I'm going to a park to walk the dog. I might meet friends out for like a barbecue, and I want that all day kind of drinking. Eight point five percent is way too heavy for me for an all day drinking. I can't have three of these. No, like no, but I'm and like, still be able to do all the stuff that I need to get done during the summer. See, I'm thinking like my father just moved three houses down from me, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking going over, hanging out with yeah. him, sitting on his front porch, yeah. and having one or a two porch. beers, yeah. and just sitting there not doing anything. And then him going like, well, should we go get a hot dog somewhere? Mm-hmm. And being like, maybe we should just cook here. Yeah. Because neither one of us should drive. <laughs> As a high-functioning, active alcoholic, I like to have a low ABV for my busy summer days. Uh, so, yeah, I'm still I'm still hitting up that mango, even keel, from uh, Ballast Point. Comes in a six-point pack of cans. For like eight ninety nine, Heller High Watermelon. Heller High Watermelon from Twenty uh, First Amendment is good. Over Easy from Otter Creek. It's their session IPA. Yeah, which is a good just you know that get that pale, but I really like that mango flavor on that even keel. It's really nice in a can, and it's in a can. And for summertime beer, it needs to be in a can for me. And my dad's got a pool now so, too, so. so so I can bring it to nice. on the go. Yeah, you don't want glass getting in the filter don't or want- cutting up the liner. Yeah. Cut the liner with glass and you're done. You're done. Yeah, I don't know why they don't can more beers. The price, cost. I think it. I, a oh, lot is of, it? Yeah, because huh. you got It's a whole different machinery process to get it in a can. Yeah. There's actually a lot of canneries down in Texas. A lot of beer companies send their beer to Texas to can them to send send them back. Mm-hmm. I don't oh, know we're if, big business, man. Like. No extra taxes. And also, I, did, I didn't know if you knew that about Texas, Jonathan. Texas has. We're good for business places because uh, a lot of places will uh, tax the crap out of businesses. Texas is pretty business friendly. Pretty business friendly, and also for contingency purposes, you guys have your own power grid. Only state in the union that has its very own power grid. The session, we're gonna succeed, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you started off as your own country. Yeah, the Republican Texas yeah. man, Sam Houston, first pre- first president. Was that Sam Houston? Right, was the first president or the only president of Texas? Uh, is that the guy that plays the cowboy in Big Lebowski? <laughs> no, he's the guy that's in a uh, Kubu and the Two String, right? Sam Elliott. Oh, is that Sam Elliott? But Finding know, but Dory. Finding Dory. I have Finding Dory. I think we all have Finding Dory. I have Finding Dory versus Kobo in the two-string. I think a lot of us have that as well. Uh, I have Finding Dory versus the BFG. Does it matter because it's going to be Finding Dory winning? It, yeah. it's, it's going to be Finding Dory. Is everyone agreeing? Jonathan? Um, he's he's going to yeah, go Dark Horse. Go oh, Dory. okay. Yeah. All right. So let's remove. See, uh, my, my concern and Finding Dory, it's a Pixar movie. There's got to be that gut wrenching turn at some point. And we know this is the movie where, you know, Dory's off looking for her family. What happens when she finds them, but they don't remember her? Ooh. Oh, God! Right, that, that's what's ah! going to happen, right? 
Rogue One, everyone's going to die. Finding Dory, her family's not going to remember her. Uh, it just makes so much sense. It has to be that way, doesn't it? Yeah, be, well, because in Finding Nemo, she mentions that memory problems run in her, her family. Ah. Oh. Oh, this is heart-wrenching. Is that directed by David Finch? <laughs> <laughs> she finds him. Silencio. Uh, but yeah, that, yes, that's been on my yes. mind. and I'm, I'm like, this is going to be the turn, and I'm going to hate it. I'm going to cry. Fuck you, Pixar, making me cry again. <laughs> and I yes, Sam Houston was the president of the Republic of Texas. Sorry. I, I was born in Texas, so I, I try to know at least a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Paul, deep in the heart of Texas. By birth, you have to do it. It's... All right, I have uh, Ghostbusters versus Central Intelligence. So do I. Anyone else? Um, I have. Sorry, I have Alice through the Looking Glass in Central Intelligence. I have Alice in now. Now you two. see me. All right, okay. what do you got, Jonathan? Who's winning? No. Now no, you see. No, no, no. Uh, Alice. <laughs> okay. I don't know. You said now first. Now. Damn it. Alice through the looking glass. Right. <laughs> it's Alice through the looking glass for Jonathan. All right, write it down, Chris. Um, John, I hope you're uh, Jonathan, and I hope all of us are writing them down because I'm not actually writing these, so I'm going to need them sent to me. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a picture. A picture, a picture's fine. Yeah. Um, Alice through the looking glass versus Central Intelligence. I'm going Alice. I think Central Intelligence is going to be the movie I definitely enjoy more, but Alice is just going to perform. And Paul, you and I both have Ghostbusters versus and, Central. And Central and I'm going Ghostbusters. Fuck you! I'm going to go Ghostbusters too. <laughs> no, this is Ghostbusters, not Ghostbusters too. Oh, hey, hey all. All right, so uh, have we talked yet about how the guy that directed Ghostbusters was Sabrina, the teenage witch's like teacher? Really? Huh. Yeah, like the actor Paul Feig or like Feig, however you say it. <laughs> Like he's a director now, and he does all the Melissa McCarthy movies. He's married to her. Is he really? Yeah, I didn't know that. No, he was sense. in The Heat. Yeah, he's also um, the guy who co-created and wrote most of Freaks and Geeks. Hmm. hmm. Nice. That makes sense. All right, so I have Civil War versus Warcraft. I have Civil War versus Research uh, Independence Day Resurgence. Same as Chris. Yep. Jonathan, who do you have? He's got the same as me. Oh. Jonathan, who's who's winning? Uh, who is this between? It's Civil War and Warcraft, I believe. We both have the same. Uh, CW. <laughs> versus <laughs> CW over ID. Yeah. Uh, yeah, CW versus WC. I got the same. Like, it was going to win anyway, but with Spider-Man with it, it's just going to be insane. All right, I'm also, Chris, I'm picking uh, Civil War over Independence Day Resurgence. Yeah, I'm, I'm picking Civil War as well. This is the juggernaut of this bracket. All right, over on the other side of the bracket, I have Finding Dory versus Ghostbusters. I'm picking Finding Dory. So am I. I got the same thing. I have Finding Dory versus Alice, so same as Jonathan. What are you, are you guys going Alice or are you guys going Dory? I'll go Alice. Ooh, Jonathan going Alice. Really? Ooh. Uh, well, wait, I baby. Go, I was going to go Finding Dory, but he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> I'm drunk. I don't know. Don't listen to me. <laughs> well, you're, um, you're us on 90% of the podcasts that we record. I, I, I think I'm going to go Finding Dory, though. I think it's a little bit more accessible than Alice. 
I think Alice just, I know what turns me off about it is just the overly CGI-ness, which is funny when you talk about a computer animated film, mm-hmm. but every everything in Alice just looks so over the top, and that kind of more takes me out of it. So I, I will vote for the Talking Fish movie. All right, so I think we all have Civil War versus Finding Dory. Except for Jonathan. Except for Jonathan. Alice. This is, and this is how we lose, guys. Now we, now we found it. Okay. Hey, you got to make some breaks every once in a while, right? We're all going uh, Civil War, right? Like, yes. Yes? yes. Oh, John, John's thinking. I think I'm going to go Finding Dory. Oh. Really? Hey, at this point, it's only one more point. You know, yeah. it's 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 a one point bet because <clears throat> you'll either get, well, it's a two point swing because if we all pick Civil War and you pick Dory, you earn a point where we lost a point. Yeah, I think yeah, I'm gonna do Finding Dory just because I think you have families, you have kids, you have all those women who watch uh, what's her face talk show Ellen 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 DeGeneres. Yeah, that's it. What's her face? Yeah, I'm a lot of beers in. Mm-hmm. We got to save the world a little later. I know we got we got a big board game day coming up. We got Pandemic Legacy that we're playing after this episode. So we have a couple hours to sober up and drink Mm -hmm. more. Yep, I got to get my car from the hotel. I can drive you. We can grab hot dogs. Sounds good. So we got a big day planned. We do. All right. So uh, I think that's our list. Everybody got their votes in. We're all locked in. Those are the brackets. Yeah. All right, guys. Send me a picture of your drafts. So Already I can done. so I can uh, put them up nicely as a JPEG for everybody to see. <clears throat> Listeners at home, please send us a, just do you know you can write it on a piece of paper. Just say, take a picture of it, put it on our Facebook page, and it'll be there. And uh, if you win, you can be on the show. Jonathan, how fun is it to be on the show with us? We it's force amazing. you to drink. <laughs> it's really fun. Here's the thing: Meg Barton gets you drunk. <laughs> <laughs> new, new tagline. New tagline. Uh, you said that, and both Paul and I did the same pose. Like, yep, we yep. do. Like, <laughs> we memed it. We did a meme pose. Uh, Jonathan, do you know the tagline for a Central Intelligence the, the movie? <laughs> no, because we were talking about it uh, before the show, and Chris w- was trying to convince me that I came up with it. But I'm pretty sure the tagline for Central T- Intelligence is. You need a little heart and a big Johnson. Oh gosh! <laughs> See, I did the same exact thing. That's that's the noise that most of the time Chris and I make when Paul. That's talks. what I elicit. I elicit that. Thank you. And I did not come up with that one. That was studio executives. So I, I think I'm blinding myself. I think this is all an audition tape. Two hundred and ninety nine episodes of audition tape <laughs> to become a tagline man. Tagline man. There you go. It should be great. I'm trying. <laughs> Put it out there. Uh, Jonathan, thank you for listening. Thank you for sending us beer. Thank you for being on the show with us. Uh, we appreciate all of it. Uh, we like any time we see that you've kind of sent us something or uh, do anything attached to the show. It makes us want to record more. Yeah, hey, I see it. for having me. Like I've had a blast, and uh, y'all give me a couple hours of bliss every week. <laughs> Hey, if we make somebody's car ride home easier, making doing the dishes and cleaning up the house easier while listening to us, making their jog in the morning easier, walking the dog, anything, you know, where however you listen to us, however you choose to consume our content on the internet, we we appreciate it. Yeah, and let us know what we do for you. Uh, 
make sure you rate and review us over on the iTunes. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever. Podcatcher, Pod, Podbeam, Blueberry. There's there's so many out there. And we're on them all. And you can find uh, Chris over at Parked and Wrecked, where he does his Disney uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. Yep, no episode this week because I overslept. Uh, you I, can, I might put out something, though, just to do it. And, and you can find John over at Horror Movie Massacre. Where I uh, review and talk about ridiculous, horrible horror movies. Uh, I, after your last episode, though, I do want to watch that Henry Rollins. Like, oh, it's a uh, movie. Th- that one's really good. It's hard. I actually don't like when we do movies that I end up liking because it's hard to talk about them because mm-hmm. it's just like, <laughs> oh, this is so great. Where I really like when I can just go off on how bad a movie see, is. See, isn't it fun being the Paul on an episode? Just little being bit, the person, little bit. Just that doesn't like something. Oh, my co-host doesn't talk enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Both those, no. uh, both those other podcasts are really good. Oh, thank you, hey. Jonathan. Thank you much. Man, I need to start another. I feel so bad that I'm no. <laughs> I'm a slacker. I only do the one, but I produce this one, uh, well, and Paul. I totally leave everything for the other guy to do. <laughs> he, he does but, it all. But Chris produces Parks and Rec. Ah, uh, well, he had Paul, to give that, up that's show why notes. We need to- that's why we need to make uh, word books with friends. Word, book, word books with friends, a thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just a once a month kind of like yeah. cross pollinate. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Have, Have a, a good, good afternoon. Week.